everybody. Welcome to the Unapologetic Podcast. I'm Lena. I'm going to be talking with Pastor Billy, and we are explaining the reason for our hope. Hey, well, we're back. This is episode nine now of the Unapologetic Podcast. I'm Lena. We've got Billy here again. Um, we're going to keep answering some questions today. So today, this question that we're talking about, kind of a big one, uh, has definite eternal implications, right? It sure does. So Billy, what about the afterlife? Is there heaven? Is there hell? What do we do with those questions? They're kind of uncomfortable, especially when you think about hell and the concept of hell and eternal suffering. So how can we talk about that well? Yeah. And, and the question that often comes up is, you know, why would God send people to hell? Why is there hell in the first place? And, right. and it's a really, it's a, it's a big stumbling block for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me step back a little bit and just talk about eternity in general. Okay. Because a big part of, the, of our Christian faith and our Christian belief, a huge part of it is the afterlife. And actually there are scriptures that talk about the afterlife and eternity that, prompt us to really take a look at our own lives, even here on earth, you know? Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25 quotes uh, David and Isaiah in saying that people are like grass. The grass withers and fades and blows away, right? And, Mm -hmm. and, And to have that perspective in mind gives us a heart of wisdom. Know that, you know, this isn't all there is. Matter of fact, in, in many funerals that I do, I often read Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 2. It says, better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies, so the living should take this to heart. That's, Man, that's a hard verse, That right? is hard, yeah. I would not rather be at a funeral than a party, typically. So right, but the scriptures are saying that you will gain that heart of wisdom. And, and this whole idea of eternity in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, Solomon says, he has planted eternity in the human heart. And I love that verse because it's, it's, it's telling every human being, it's planted in every human being, believer or not, right. there's something else out there. You well, know? and I think we all feel that. We all wonder naturally what comes next. And that's kind of saying, hey, he put that there. He put that that's right. that curiosity there put of there, what comes next. And that's a great point. And he did so because it's a homing device. That little homing device that he puts inside of us that says eternity is out there is something that is irretrievable, which means you can't take it away. Okay, mm-hmm. you can't deny it. You can try and push it away all you can, but it's a homing device that God uses to draw us to himself. Right. Isn't that cool? That's really I mean, cool. You know, the other thing is that when people deny that there's an afterlife or deny eternity, um, that perpetuates a real hopelessness and meaninglessness to to our life here. Does that make sense? Right. What are we doing here if it's just nothing comes next, you know? And if this is all there is, then we have to adopt a philosophy of hedonism. If you ever heard of that, that is the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. Right. At all costs. So whatever you do, 
pursue pleasure and avoid pain. Yeah. Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? It does. It kind of does. It's a little scary that that philosophy has been around for thousands and thousands of years, but um, it's kind of what most people are adopting right now because if you think this is all there is, what do you do with that, you know? Right. But I also find it very interesting that in, in many funerals that I do and many times that I talk to people about the afterlife or about f- friends or relatives that have, have passed away, they always say, oh, they're in a better place. And that tells me that there's that sense of eternity. You know what I mean? Right. And they want to think that there is an eternity and that there is somewhere better Yeah. that their loved ones have gone on to. Exactly. And so um, let's talk about a pleasant subject. Let's talk about I heaven, love that. A pleasant subject. Good so anytime news you first, talk right? about the heaven, <laughs> it's like everybody's in. Everybody wants to hear it. Everybody, oh, yeah. you know, and, and the scriptures tell us that that's where God lives. In 2 Chronicles 6.21, it says, you know, hear us from heaven, O God, right? John 6.38, Jesus says, I have come down from heaven. And so obviously that's the place where God lives. And it's also the final destination place for a believer. If you remember on the cross, Jesus had two thieves, one on each side of him. Yes. And one was on him, just like, why don't you save yourself and save us too? And the other thief was like, we deserve this. And then looked at Jesus and said, remember me when you go into your paradise. And you remember what Jesus said? I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. And so that is for sure, when we talk about heaven, that it's a place. Right. It's a place where we're going. It's a place where God lives. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. the description of it is amazing. You've probably heard things about it. You know? Oh, yeah. Anything come to your mind? I uh, mean, I usually think of like Chick-fil-A sauce running oh, the streets. Oh, dang. But yeah. that, that's me. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 we may be able to there's make some, a case for that. There's some stuff in scripture <laughs> that actually talks about it, I'm sure. But yeah. for me, I'm just like, that's give me great. all the Chick-fil-A sauce. Um, you know, it's got the water of life. It's got a river flowing from the throne. It's running down Main Street. There are these trees on either side. The city's made of gold, jasper, sapphire, emeralds, amethysts, you know, um, pearls, all the jewels. It's an amazing place. But even how it looks will be so amazing. I, I read one guy who said that, you know, how we have three colors that make all the colors, the primary colors. Right. He believes in heaven there's going to be like seven primary colors. That there are colors that we have never seen before. Kind of cool. But I think the best thing about heaven is Revelation 21, 14 says, He will wipe every tear. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. It will be gone forever. And that God, because we're in his presence, he's going to be the light. He's going to be the sun. Yeah, and we've been talking about how we're sharing our hope this whole time. And in the midst of the struggles that we face every single day in life, knowing that there's a place where none of that exists. None of it will even be remembered. That hope is what I know gets me through. It gets all believers through the times that are really hard. Well, it's a great point because it used to be hundreds of years ago that, that heaven and afterlife were like the North star of people's lives here on earth. We don't live that way much anymore because nobody wants to think about death, but for them, it was a real motivator, you know? Yeah. Um, And, and, and Jesus clearly stated that he is the path way to heaven. In John 14, 6, we mentioned that verse a couple podcasts ago. Yeah. I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but through me. Earlier in that that chapter, John 14, Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to bring you there with me. 
That's really that's cool. hopeful. Yeah. You know, that, that that's what heaven is all about. But we have to understand that in getting to heaven, if he is the way, then we have to trust Jesus in our minds, in our hearts, in our will. We become one of his children. He then guarantees that we'll be with him forever. In Ephesians 1.14, it says the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance of heaven, which is awesome. Yeah. But it does require us to choose Jesus as the only path and the only way. Right. We need to make a choice. And yeah. we talk about that choice, but... What gets complicated and the questions that I've heard before, I know a lot of us are scared to get them, is what about, for example, a baby is not capable of making a conscious choice yet? As far, I mean, I don't remember being a baby, yeah, but yeah. that's kind of in so, my mind, like they, they can't choose. So what happens, there are tragic accidents, tragic yeah, situations yeah. all the time where babies die. And what happens? Well, that's that's a really good question. A lot of people do ask that. And I believe that babies are covered under God's grace and will be with him in heaven. And I have a, a passage of scripture I'd like to share with you that, that actually proves that point. That'd be awesome. David lost his son. David's son was about to die and then eventually did die. He was an infant, and it was the son that he had uh, with, with Bathsheba, right? Right. And so everybody was like, aren't, why aren't you weeping? Why aren't you, you know? And, and David replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive. For I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast when he is, go when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. And that's in 2 Samuel chapter 13, um, verses 22 and 23. And so David's basically saying, he cannot come back to me. He has died, but I will go to him. That means when David dies, right. he'll be with him in heaven. He's confident that's, that he will that's, get to go there. Which so is, I'm confident that that gives us the proof that all, all the infants will be with, with Jesus in heaven. That's great. Well, so, hey, so babies can't make choices. We get that. Mm -hmm. But there are also many people in the world that are living in areas that are still completely unreached. We talk about unreached people groups, and um, it's a lot of the reason why we go on missions trips. But not every person in the world has heard the name of Jesus, and so they don't even know that there is a choice to make. Right, so, right. But are we saying they still have to make a choice? Yeah. What? Listen, the question is, what about those who haven't heard, right? And, right. And um, it, it, it is, it's tragic. It's tragic. I want to just share with you a couple scripture passages. Um, and one of them is in Romans 1.20. It says, From the time the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky and all that God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse whatsoever for not knowing God. And so one of the ways God reveals himself is through nature. And if people don't pick up on that, then, then uh, they're still going to be left without excuse. Let me throw something else out there. Matthew chapter 7, says, verses 7 8 says, Seek and you will find. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Seek and you will find. That's a principle. Seek and you will find. As a matter of fact, that principle also goes back into Jeremiah chapter 29, 13. If you look for me in earnest, you will find me when you seek me. And so God makes a promise that if people pick up even on nature and say, there's a God out there, and I'm ready to accept him and ready to trust. I'm ready to see him. 
God will make a way for them to hear the message of the gospel, either by way of a message, a messenger, like a missionary. Mm-hmm. I know people who have said that they have found scripture and they just started reading it and came to Christ. It wasn't even a messenger. Right. It was a message. Or lately, we've heard a lot about dreams, that God has visited people in their dreams, especially people in foreign lands from different religions, and people have come to Jesus because of that. I think God is faithful. And, and if, we, if we rely and, and trust in God's faithfulness, that he is a good God, and he just wants people to come to him, we can rest sure that, you know what, people will be found if they're seeking him. Oh, yeah. You know, and and to be honest with you, when I'm talking to somebody and they raise that question, um, I kind of have to say, look, the one who is raising the question has received the information and the opportunity. Like if I'm having that conversation with you, hey, don't worry about God's going to take care of all those people. okay? and he's going to get the message. But what about you? Know what I'm saying? Right. Because they've heard it. And that's that. Yep. I think a common belief these days is called universalism that fits right in right, right alongside of relativism. Yeah. You can believe whatever you want. So universalists like to believe that everybody regardless of who they are and what they've done will go to heaven. Which it is a, it's an it's a it feels better to feels think good. about that. Yeah. And most people believe that. Honestly, that that's the predominant belief. But what it it is not true not everybody goes to heaven. Here's what is true. The offer of heaven is universal. Right. Everybody is offered heaven. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's, that's just the grace and love of God. But, you know, um, you asked me earlier, you know, let, let's talk about hell. What about hell? Because that's the real hard part. You know, I just want to spend just a couple minutes on that because that's not such great conversation. No, it's <laughs> heaven a hard was one. was a good conversation. Hell can shut down conversation real fast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really the question is why? How could a loving God send people to hell? Let, let, let's just explore that real quickly. First of all, we have to understand that Jesus did talk about hell. He made it a real place. He was even saying that, you know, better to have an and or a hand or an eye cut off than, than your whole body burn in hell. And was just making an analogy that, that if something's keeping you from him, you know, get rid of it, right? Right. And then he talks later on in Luke 16 about a great chasm that no one can cross. When you die, it's settled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, that is hard to hear. But that is part of God's justice. And I think that we use the word justice these days for a lot of different things, you know, social justice and yep. all that. And really justice it, it has a cousin. And justice's cousin is fairness, Okay. So we can all agree to that. Right. All right. So the scriptures say in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of God's standard. So you know what's fair? If we've fallen short and we have sinned against God and we've run against God, what's fair? I'd we ra- deserve hell. Yeah. That's, what, that's, that's basically hard to it. think about. What's not fair? That Jesus was punished for my sins. Absolutely. That he took on the punishment for my sins. See, justice, if justice is going to be justice and it's going to be perfect, it does require punishment. I mean, that just feels right. Have you ever seen a movie and you just feel great when the good guy at, at the end wins out, man? Yeah, yeah. And the bad guy loses out and it just feels right, you know? And, and God can't leave things that have gone wrong unpunished or unattended to. It just wouldn't be justice. That wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be fair. We wouldn't even say that. You know what I mean? And so, but then the people say, well, how can I believe in a good God that sends people to hell? 
And you know what my answer is? I don't. Okay. Because God doesn't send people to hell. Yeah, that's a good point. This is hard to hear. Why do people end up in hell? Because they choose to go there. That is not easy to say. It is not easy to hear. But listen, man, if somebody rejects God, doesn't want anything to do with God, God, stay away from me, I don't believe Jesus, all their life, God is just giving them what they've asked for. Right. That's that's right. scary. They may not think about it in the way that you said that. They may not think, I mean, I don't know anybody that would think, I want to go to hell after I die. I choose that. You know, you don't think you don't that. Think that. But, but at the end of the day, you, that's the choice you're making. You know, C.S. Lewis once said, a man can't be taken to hell or sent to hell. You can only go there on your own steam. And and that's when people reject God and just, just say, look, I'm going to do my own thing, and I just kind of want to stay away. And it's a choice that we make. But let me go back. Okay. The offer to stay out of hell is universal. Right. And he's just, he's making a way that, that we can just stay out of there. And it's like, all right, that's awesome. So all we have to do is make a choice. So God is offering heaven to everyone, absolutely everyone. Right. And it's, it, it, then the ball's in our court. Makes sense? Think, I think it's awesome because it's not even just that we're choosing to stay out of hell, which we are. We're choosing to stay out of hell. But we're also... What's more is that we're we're choosing life, right? We're choosing joy. And the verse you talked about yeah. earlier about what heaven looks like is that's, that's an right, easy man. choice, man. I'm choosing to step into that kind that's of right. eternity instead of just avoiding hell. Yeah. I'm I'm not just I'm not really worried about avoiding hell. I'm worried about the fact that that's the kind of eternity I want to have. You yeah, know? and that's the kind of eternity that is offered to every individual. We just have to make a choice. Okay, Jesus, that's I need forgiveness for my sins, and I'll follow you. Thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 before we 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 close up the subject, let me just highlight God's love, because at His expense, He provides us the alternative to hell. Okay. Hell can be rejected. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Through belief in Jesus. And we won't have to go there. Hell's a real place. Right. But we don't have to go there in belief in Jesus. And Romans um, 8, 38 and 39 say, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't. The angels can't and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. That's how much God loves us, and he desires that all people you know, enter into heaven. And, and you, you know, just about every football game, it used to be when I was growing up, yeah. somebody would hold up a sign okay. in, in an NFL game that says John 3.16. Okay. Somebody would do it. They don't do that anymore, but back when I was growing up, they always did. And I just want to reiterate this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And the second verse right after that says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. That's the love of God. Yeah, that's amazing to think about. And... I'm going to go do that for a while because yeah. when I when we have these conversations, it kind of sends me into this place of awe. And so we are out of time. Uh, I think that conversation went longer even than we both thought it might. Uh, but it was a really good one. So 
I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Uh, but for now, I'm going to go spend some time and just kind of sit in, in this and yeah, think about good. that. So. Hey, thanks, Lena. Yeah, thanks, thanks so for much. being here. You're welcome. All right, see you next time. See you.